guys, welcome back. Um, episode three, would you believe? I'm uh, I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. Uh, we're the two peas in our drop pod, hurtling towards yet another planetary engagement, um, where I'm going to bring the righteous word of chaos, uh, and Ben's going to cry about the fact his emperor is dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that sets up the tone for tonight. Uh, we're going to start as usual with our on the hobby desk today. Ben's been beavering away on his space walls. He's got goblins going on as well. We've both played a number of games, and of course, I'm still sticking skulls to anything that uh, I think needs one, which is a lot of stuff. Then into the Galaxy of War, we've heard now we're getting codexes, so Ben and I are quite excited about that. A little bit about Dreadnoughts as well, that's been knocking around. Hopefully, you've all seen those, and the the Siege of Conor or. Connor, whatever it is, the the attack on Ultramarine Land. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about that. Into the Mortal Realms, then Ben's started building lists now uh, with all his goblins. Want to have a chat about that? How that works in Age of Sigma? Because um, it feels really complicated. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and well, I need a hand. <laughs> Ben's given me a big long list of questions today, and I said, right, well, we'll talk about that in the podcast. Um, and then I want to talk a bit about Path to Glory, which has gone up on pre-order today, I think, yesterday. So that's quite exciting. Um, and then finally, Into the Wild. So Ben's had a chance to play a game called Outlander, which um, is written by a guy at his local gaming club. So he's going to chat a bit about that. And I'm sure I can find something to chat about by then. So thank you very much for joining us. Sit back, relax. Of course, a cup of tea. Uh, and we'll guys. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, we're going to talk about what's on our hobby desks first, um, which for me um, is been ploughing on with my Tale of Many Gamers uh, Space Wars collection. Uh, Dan has been beavering away at his endless uh, uh, heresy, um, <laughs> st- strapping skulls and all sorts of crap onto um, worthy Imperial vehicles and turning them into heathen machines. Um, uh, I think it's <laughs> I think it's been a pretty good uh, pretty good fortnight for hobby for me, Dan. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, mate. I, Joe, I was thinking earlier today. I was like, oh goodness, I've not really finished anything. I, I haven't really got anything. And then I started thinking about what I've done in the last couple of weeks. Um, three games of forty k. Travelled all the way to Bodmin to lay waste to space wolves, which which, which did fail. But yeah, well, yeah, I don't. We won't we won't talk about that game for too long. I think we would. <laughs> um, uh, d- done a whole load of st- plastic card. Stuck multiple bits of plastic card to my fingers my face um so it's been yeah it's been a good good couple of weeks to be honest so do you want to let people know um what mutants what we... you finished painting this week mutant oh do you know i've just had to deal with uh, alexander banging on about heresy and space wolves and whatnot i don't have to deal with you tonight do i i can't deal with too much i'll just rage out <laughs> so prod the bear <laughs> So yeah, um, I finished my blood horse. Really chuffed with those. Um, 
actually tried some new things with those, which I, I, I we spoke about the color scheme um, I used on their armor, which I'm really sorry, guys. I meant to put up, um, but by the time I come around to doing it, I thought what would actually be better is for me to sit down and do a photographs of stage by stage, and I, I will get that done and put that up. Um, but what I did do was um, use the weathering powders a bit more and um, did some battle damage. I've always gone for quite natural tones in my painting. Um, don't like bright colours too much. Um, but I've never really gone for battle damage before. I've gone and kept things quite clean. But I've done a lot of that on these uh, these blood claws and I really like them. I really like the way they turned out. Um, got a lot of my inspiration from second edition pictures. I found that the book that I was picking up mm. to look at colour schemes was actually the second edition Space Wolf Codex more than anything. Um, so the black and yellow uh, tooth marks on the on the chainsaws and things like that are really. Cool. I think you've done a nice way of mo- like modernising those schemes, really. So you using the the older markings, um, yeah. but then using the newer techniques, um, such as weathering, to yeah to make them fit in in the more modern modern painting styles. Now, I really like yeah, it because second edition was all about that perfectly clean, bright colours. Um, loads and loads of feathering um, whereas now it's quite a lot about the whole impression of the model um, and those little bits yeah. of battle damage and realism um, not so much maybe with heavy metal which is still about that perfectly clean look um, in a lot of ways but um, I think sort of what people are painting generally seems to be more of a realistic style and I think yeah that's probably... definitely and a lot, you see a lot of that in heresy what, what I really like yeah. about your guys is you've not you've not lost the there's still a you can still see the skill i suppose about the brushwork so you've not just gone crazy and weathered them up like mad um bit, <laughs> my salamanders are more of a oh i've i've accidentally painted that bit of leg in gold i'll just slap on some weathering powder <laughs> right done <laughs> but there is an element of that actually with weathering is it it can use it to cover a whole number of sins um, and with those guys um, like I wrote in my post online I, I, I sprayed them when it was stinking hot and um, I was watching the spray dry before it got to the model um, and I was gutted really because a lot of it was quite a powdery texture I just managed to brush a lot of it back but there were still some places where I just couldn't and mm. uh, I was you, able you to get cut... on really well with sprays don't you Ben <laughs> I, I really don't <laughs> Um, don't get me started on Skull White. I... <laughs> um, but uh, what I was able to do was cover that up with stuff, um, which was quite useful. And I, I finished off my Wolf Priest, um, a model which I really, really love. Um, Games Day model from 2000 and something, 2002. Uh, it wasn't a Games Day I managed to get to, but that um, uh, 13th Company release... Was, oh uh, yeah, you popped him up on the Facebook page, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I, I, when I came down, I saw you were re-sculpting some of it. Yeah, it was just because uh, that model, um, I've still got one in the packet, which I only found today when I was searching for some goblins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't realise I had it. Um, but that one I got from eBay, um, it was a bit bit buggered up, really. Um, needed some love. and um, But I really enjoy bringing old damaged models back to life that is something i really find quite a lot of um joy out of actually because i think uh, uh models discarded in the bin <laughs> it 
feels a little bit like Toy Story. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I just I can't deal with it. So I I think I, I'm no. yeah I'm really happy to sort of sit down for more time than it should do and um, bring the model back to life. Um, ah. Currently plowing on with some goblins. Fifty two of the little shits. <laughs> Speed. <laughs> the best thing is as well, man, is when you're just you know make sure you bring your shovel for taking them off. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I magnetise the bases, I might just bring a big magnet. <laughs> yeah, just suck them all up. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm very close to finishing those. Um, but that was quite good because I, I haven't really speed painted since, um, or massively unit painted since I left Games Workshop. And as a result, I think you tend to think, oh, I'm going to do a really good job on all of my models. But you know, I've got so many of them. Mm. So how many... Them. Because how, what are you doing? One big batch of 52? Yeah, yeah, 52. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> well, like I said, I've nearly, nearly done. Um, it didn't take very long, actually, in some ways. Did in others, more than I expected. But um, I think learning to speed paint, learning to batch paint massive groups of just tabletop-ready, what I call Games Workshop staff member standard. Um, so you know, competently painted large groups of units um, that are good enough to put in the cabinet, but definitely good enough to have out on the intro tables. I think that's that's a skill that I think is worth learning um, and worth being happy to accept. Because um, I think when you've been doing the hobby for a long time and you get a bit better at painting, you, you kind of feel like you want to spend hours on every model and you just can't do it. It's just not possible. It really isn't. So I really, really love um, Chappie's videos on uh, Warhammer TV, where he shows Duncan. really, yeah, Duncan's videos, really easy, accessible, fast techniques that just don't take hours to do. Um, really love those. Yeah, I so guys that uh, in my gaming circle in Bristol will will know what's coming next because I often wax lyrical about about this. But yeah, you you hit the nail on the head when you said you know you've got to learn to accept or be happy with a certain level if if one of your desires is to have a lot of painted figures um and you haven't got the money to pay somebody to paint them to an incredibly high standard um and you don't just paint all day there has to come that point where you where you go yeah actually that's good enough um yeah because otherwise definitely. like you say the chances of getting them done uh are low and i i had to go through that um because I, what I found is I was just repainting the same guy and just getting annoyed. And I'd be all excited about a project. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. And then, you know, get so frustrated. And and actually, for me, having a painted army on the table, which is coherent, so using basing schemes to bring it together, even yeah. simple things like making objective markers and wound markers to bring it together, that yeah. is more important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's different for different people. But it's some people are into the hobby, you know, you see the stuff with Gold Demon, and that's incredible. That's incredible. And that's a real joy for painting. And actually, you know, I know some guys who paint to that level and have a painted army. Um, but but do they paint not. to that level across the whole army? I mean, well, the uh, game, Gold Demon standard stuff, it takes some weeks sometimes to yeah, paint some yeah. of those models. I mean, literally weeks. You can't do that with 
a goblin army unless you're deranged, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking for golden demon standard when I see those goblins, Ben. So you better you know crack on, really. <laughs> Mate, Devil Sorry, Mud I'll... is your Nothing friend. Excuses. Oh no, Devil Mud. Agrax Mud. Mud. A little bit of a, a, a backtrack into the past. Then. <laughs> Agrax Earthshade is did your Devil friend. Did Devil Mud got, get um, nominated for staff member of the year? I'm sure it did. It did what it should have done. It, yeah. I mean, it was it was revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Theater. You don't have to be good. Just paint something on the model and then stick it on Devil and Mud. Devil and Mud. <laughs> and if you've got a pair of pliers and you can dip the model in, all the better. <laughs> absolutely. Get a bucket of it. So, um, Zinch has been playing a hand in your uh, tale of many gamers, Dan, really, and uh, convincing you to do other things. Well, so early on in our first episode, we talked about Taylor Many Games, didn't we? And uh, you were doing Space Wolves. So as usual, I got onto my my high horse of mocking and started throwing around all the uh, challenges and insults. And I'm going to do Zinch and show you wolves what to do. So episode three, um, I haven't built or painted a single Zinch model (laughs) yet. Um, I have bought one. I bought Araman. Uh, I took Joshua, um, who's, uh, for those that, that aren't aware, my 11-month-year-old son. We went into Games Workshop in Bristol in the centre, um, and he forced me to buy Araman um, oh, yeah. for with, me. With for pliers him. and pins and, yeah. and fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I bought Araman. He's not yet out of the wrapping. Um, he came back home, got put on the side. Uh, and I promptly cracked on with the most ridiculously over-the-top Chaos Land Raider project. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just... Chaos aren't over-the-top. I don't know what you mean. There's oh, nothing mate. I'm over looking at it at the moment, and there's, chain, there's chains coming out of everywhere. Um, it's I've got banding half done. I've got skulls that are on fire. It's just, <laughs> it's just metal. But that uh, chained but... look looks so good. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because I don't normally i've never done it before and i saw it on a on a friend of mine ben's uh, another ben um black Templar. he's doing some primaris black templars and he's done the chains um yeah. with some really micro chain and it yeah. looked really cool and um, and when i came to the land raider i was thinking right well i'd quite like a possessed land raider but i don't really want like a wibbly tentacle sticking out of the top because <laughs> uh, that's just freaking that's weird. not very corn is it well no i think Maybe if it was holding a chain axe, it'd be corn. But I think that kind of mutated flesh look is is more nurgly, personally. Um, yeah. But that's just a personal preference. Um, so I decided, right, well, I'm going to have a demon bound within this this thing. So let's get some chains on. So I started with the engine block, which I've put some pictures up from. Um, then I thought, ooh, ooh, what shall I do for this machine spirit? So now there's chains in the in the little machine spirit opening there are chains coming out of that which are going to be attached to the hull to to have that kind of chained machine spirit is the kind of thing i'm going for and i've put there's some more stuff on the top now with chains coming out of it and (laughs) i was explaining to harriet earlier that there's a beast inside that has to be chained down to stop it escaping and causing havoc and she was like oh yeah okay (laughs) how are you gonna paint the chains um it, what, what what do you mean? What colour? Well, no, just you know, technically, how are you going to paint them? Because they, they move and... Ah, no, so that's that. what I've done. I The the links, they're very tight. They're quite taut. Um, 
in, in as much as so they come out they're fixed in two places and they're quite tight between that so the movement is limited mm. um and then little bits of spots of super glue to hold them together even more um yeah. and then uh and then just spray them up and paint them and go from there right okay yeah because when the chain's moving around that could be a right pain in the ass to paint no them. i'm not having yeah they're not they're, they're tight because the beast inside is trying to get out <laughs> <laughs> but i will put yeah. some i am gonna put some that wasn't a euphemism of, no. <laughs> That didn't even cross my mind. No, that was a huge <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're crazy, man. So I, I will put some pictures up um, of of what I've been doing so far. Um, and as it comes together, because I've, I've also been doing a bit more to some blood letters. So Ben and I in one of our, I think possibly in the intro, talked about how, how do we fit hobby into family life. And yeah. one of the things I've done is I've been out and bought um the games workshop project box and that lives in my kitchen with some at the moment blood letters in it and the paints for the next section i'm on so harriet was merrily making some cakes um recently and i sat at the table and painted blood letters and we just chatted away and it was really good because i was getting some hobby done we were spending some time together so yeah i I really recommend that really good yeah because i think I think something I did want to talk about actually, um, hobbying can quite easily become a bit of a hermit hobby, uh, and a bit of a of a stationary static hobby, and I think I think that can be really damaging actually because you can disappear into a room for an hour and a half and and think it's twenty minutes, and um, and then you're you're late to bed or whatever, but um, sitting down. Uh, it is actually sitting down for the periods of time that we do when we're painting can be really, I think it's really damaging. Um, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm on a medical kind of go here rather than a hobby go, but um, you know, sitting down is worse for you than eating a pizza or something. Um, it, it's really unhealthy. And I think um, one of the things that's new to my hobby desk actually is worth, you know, keeping it on topic is, is a is a stop clock, Dan. That's a twenty minute long stop clock, and every twenty minutes I get up and do something. So I make sure I'm standing up and moving, ah. um, because otherwise you can end up sitting down on your ass for hours. So every and... twenty minutes you get up and you go and eat a pizza while stood yeah. up, not or, or a tub of Ben and Jerry's, or, something. or a tub of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard work getting to the <laughs> getting to the fridge, but no, seriously, you know, getting up, doing something, moving around a bit, going and making a cup of tea for the missus, that that kind of stuff is is the you know the sort of thing that I think would be really. It keeps you moving rather than sort of sat doing nothing or you know doing something but being physically inactive keeps which, um, the peace as well it does keep the peace and actually you know you got part of this whole, whole kind of pod is to talk about being being parents being adults and hobbying and then um, i think being healthy is important and um because i want to be doing this hobby for a long time um, I don't you, need, be... you need to to get all them models painted. I do. Yeah, I don't want to be conking out when I'm 45 because I've been sat stationary for six hours a night. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So that that's you know that's new to my hobby desk. Maybe a bit off topic. People might find it interesting if they're interested because um, my profession during the day is is medical. So if you're interested, I can throw you links about that kind of stuff. But um, otherwise, we'll just leave that where it is. So I think we ought to talk about how. Um, 
at how 40k is getting on now, Dan, because we've, we've kind of gone on a bit. Well, yeah, we haven't spoken about the games. Okay, well, we, we've mentioned we've mentioned the uh, the one that we, we had when I came to you. So we don't need to talk about that anymore. So that's great. Um, we'll talk about the other games when we go into the 40k section. So, guys, thanks for joining us for the Hobby Desk. Um, especially, want to just throw it in there. Thank you very much. We've had uh, some pictures popping up on the Facebook. So Tom's been beavering away on a couple of Space Marine bits and pieces, which is great to yeah. see. Um, really nice to see comments from Alexander, Alistair on there as well. Um, just really want to say thank you very much. John, as well as throwing up a comment. So interacting with the Facebook is great. It, ben and I spend um, quite a bit of time scrolling up and down, getting excited, posting things. And it's really nice to see people interacting. So thank you very much for that. Really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, know, I know Ben does. We, we talk about it most days, to be honest. So thank you. Um, and on that note, thanks to the guys for joining up for Tale of Many Gamers. And uh, the next, oh, yeah. the next month is once more uh, a single model and a unit. Uh, so Dan is actually going to paint something for his Tale of Many, Many so Gamers. So now, so now I'm two single models and two units behind. Yep, pretty much. Oh dear, dear. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, Corn. Thanks. Right. Anyway, moving on. So, right, we're going to go into the Galaxy of War, guys. Thanks very much for listening to uh, the Hobby Desk section, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, guys. The drop pod hurtles on, uh, getting closer and closer to the ground, and we're on to the galaxy of war. So talking about 40k um, and everything set in the far and distant future. So, Ben, we've played some games. We've got excited about new codexes. We've got excited about Dreadnoughts, and we've got excited about Connor. So let's start with games. And the uh, the sparkly new uh, Primaris characters. Oh, <laughs> and them, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> and them. So games. So which games. one should we talk about first? Should we talk about the uh, the one where you won and defeated the angels, or the one where you lost and got uh, whooped by the wolves? I um, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can outline them again for you. Would you like to talk about the ones where you <laughs> no. beat the angels, or the one where you got whooped by the wolves? Well, I suppose because I like you, I'm going <laughs> to let you talk about the one where I drove across counties to meet with you <laughs> and you had the audacity to beat me with a sleigh riding Santa knockoff. <laughs> yeah, but mate, didn't he just kick the shit? <laughs> mate, it was ridiculous. He was like, right, I'm just going to pop over. Oh, my days, I've killed you all. <laughs> it was a good job he did because uh, the, the blood claws were practically inhaled. And that was just but about it before they died. on a two plus and then be allowed to re-roll it? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, well, we could talk about Khan the Betrayer and how ridiculous. Oh, no, because he died too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He charged it. I was so excited about Khan, and I was even like slipping into that kind of yeah, I'm gonna kill you. Um, and I caused four wounds on your terminators, and you promptly picked up the dice and rolled four five plus invulnerable saves. <laughs> yes. And I then went and wept in the corner. 
<laughs> yeah, but the Terminators aren't quite as tough as they used to be, I don't think. Um, what do you mean? No, They've I don't got think two they now. Oh, I suppose. I, th- I suppose, I suppose it's because of the armour modifiers thing. Yeah. But that makes it... a huge difference. Yeah. You can't yeah. often well, fall back on that. Well, if it didn't make a difference, they'd have just kept with seventh, wouldn't they? That's yeah, the point. I know, I know, but they just don't, they don't they don't feel as tough. Well, they're not as tough because the army modifier quite often forces them to go onto their um onto their invulnerable. So yeah, but then I suppose they have got two wounds. So yes, yeah. That so happens. I mean that was a great game and, and another champion for um for battle mats again. Um, turned my kitchen into a frosty ice plane of Fenris, um, which was fantastic. Um, and filled my little dude full of um, wonder. He was talking about it for days afterwards. Then, yeah, he had, yeah, yeah he really enjoyed it, didn't he? Yeah, enjoyed seeing that. That was good. Yeah, so it was it was a really good game. Um, nice to to come down and play. I mean, we haven't played a game for a long long time, have we? No, so we haven't. No. That was really good to do. Um, I think the last time was um, was that city fight game where we were playing your elder. Now that has a, some great cinematic moments. Dreadnought smashing through walls to take out squads of Dire Avengers, all sorts of stuff going on in there. Mm. Do you remember yeah. I played with a largely drop pod army, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I love doing. Well, that's uh, you know you're a big Space Marine fan. Space Marines have to have drop pods. They do. You can't have a Space Marine army without drop pods. Mm. So, so honestly, now now we've covered the uh, the awesomeness of my space walls. <laughs> Or should I say, if we're being fair, the fluke of my space walls. But let's move on to uh, um, the your games against the Blood Angels because they went quite well. So I've I've played Blood Angels um, since we last recorded, and I've also played Eldar as well. So my Eldar, yeah, yeah, I played uh, Ben. Ben Chambers had Eldar, um, his first game of eighth, and Tom. Had his Blood Angels, and that was our second game we played this time round. So, um, played some missions, tried out Maelstrom missions, which I particularly enjoy. So that's the ones where you're drawing the cards um, each turn to see what you've got to do. Uh, and against Ben, you you mentioned fluke. You, you got nothing, my friend. You got nothing. So turn five, random game length. I had a a single Rhino left on one wound. But I was ahead on victory points, and the game ended, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think it's worth going over why we're talking about the games, because actually, you know, as much as it's fun to go over games, these are our first experiences of Eighth Edition, and um, and we're really enjoying it, Dan. I think I think everyone I'm speaking to is is really really enjoying it. So um, it's all positive, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving the flow. It flows really really nicely. Um, yeah, I I really like. I thought I wouldn't like the way the vehicles work, um, because I quite like tanks and I like yeah. the idea of fire arcs, etc., etc. Um, but I've actually found it really enjoyable. And my goodness, Lam Raiders are tough. Playing Tom's Blood Angels, he had a Lam Raider um, for the second time, and it's so tough. And a big reason why I've ended up building one for my army, really, because I just love it. I love the idea of this thing that you just blowing chunks out of it and it just doesn't care <laughs> it just keeps it should rolling be, it forward. should be tough isn't it yeah I mean, absolutely it should be tough. it's a lamb raider well what, uh, it's interesting you should talk about tanks because uh, you know mike from games workshop plymouth um yeah not the, not the manager 
Um, he uh, he plays uh, Imperial Guard, and he's got a great uh, tank army that lives in the window cabinet, if you fancy popping on by and taking a look. Um, and he was saying that actually now he gets to use it more because he's always been reluctant to play it in the past because he played a whole tank army. Um, and if people weren't equipped to take on a tank army, it was just a really crap game. Um, but now everything can hurt a tank. So they still play and feel like tanks, but you can play anybody and not have to worry about whether they've got enough devastators or heavy weapons or las cannons or what have you. Um, people can just think about it in a different way. And I think mm. that's quite that's quite an interesting way of looking at it. And um, Because in well, some if ways... If it lets I've, him use his toy soldiers more, then it's a good thing, isn't it? I think so, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I've actually li- written in my, uh, in my notes negatives um, about 8Fed. And the only thing <laughs> I came up with was the fact that at the moment, and it is just at the moment, we're operating completely out of the indexes. So yeah. there's yeah. an element of variety that I really enjoyed before. Um, I used to play Corn Demon Kin, but it's missing. Uh, but of course, now we've heard that we're going to have, is it is it 10 codexes by by Christmas? Yeah, 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 10 codexes, I think, yeah. Well, certainly four are coming out in the next couple of months. Hmm. It's an interesting choice of the first ones, really. So, Grey Knights. Prime, I mean, Grey Knights is an interesting choice for your first run, especially as they've not made any hints about releasing any models for them. But um, And then a Space Marine Codex with a Primaris Marine on the front, which is a big indicator that they're not going to do a separate Primaris Codex. Chaos Space Marines and Death Guard. So I think that's quite a nice little starting point. It's nice yeah, to see Death. That's it's a really... It's a really nice bit of a mix, isn't it, to start with? Yeah, yeah, and it's nice to see Death Guard with their own codex because they are, they should be totally different. And it would be nice to see the four chaos sort of gods getting their own index books, as long as they're not ridiculously expensive. Because you don't want to be spending twenty quid each on them, really. The but um, even then, you know, if you want to go for a core Death Guard army with nothing else, it's going to be awesome. And have you seen the Death Guard tank, Dan? Yeah, so I was looking at pictures of the Chaos tank um, just now, actually, on Facebook. Some pop- pictures have popped up. I think it's in that new magazine, isn't it, that's come out? Um, the introduction to 40k, the £5 yes. one, like the Age of Sigma one. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm tempted, I think. <laughs> what is it? Were we talking about flyering? In an earlier episode, I'm sure we mentioned it. Yes, um, yeah. yeah so <laughs> you were the... talking about handing out free models. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's I love the idea of, of that magazine. That will be going to a few people. I've already thought of a few people who that's going to that haven't either haven't played in a while or uh, haven't have, have showed an interest but not made the jump. So I'm probably going <laughs> to pop down and pick up a few copies of that. Um, the recruiting agency. Yeah, <laughs> do my bit. Do my bit. I think we should start sending some of the Age of Sigma ones to Alexander. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Maybe one we'll every six with... months. No, one every six weeks. One. Yeah. One. Okay. I one suppose. per podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just send one each time. That's a good idea. Um. So anyway, the tank. The tank. Yes, I've seen the tank. Um. 
What do you think? I mean, it's an interesting model. It's I, different. I don't think it's very different. It's definitely different. Yeah, which is cool. It, yet again, um, surprisingly, actually, Games Workshop haven't released one of their cool pictures of it on the community site yet. No. Even though it's been doing the rounds on the rumour mill for a little while. Uh, well, it's not even a rumour mill, is it, really? It's it's coming. We just don't know when. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, just reserve judgment, really, until I see it, A, in the flesh. It looks quite f- smooth. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, quite big, quite empty like plates of armour. Yeah, but that's, that's such an open season for, for, for weathering and rust and all that yeah, sick I agree. crap I th- that comes out of Gnurgle. You know, I think it gives a, a real free kind of clean slate to modellers to really go nuts with it. Yeah, um, it's interesting so, um, looking at it. Uh, I think whilst you would never doubt the technical skill of the heavy metal team, they they really are incredible. Yeah. Sometimes that clean style, I don't think suits the miniatures as much. So, and this tank is a perfect example where yeah. I I think with some weathering and rust work, it would look cracking. Really, really cool. Yeah, definitely, completely agree. Um, so one of the th- Sorry, I, I've got a, I've got a leap back and talk about a bit more about codexes because I have this sort of nervous twitch at the moment where I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what's in the Chaos Space Marine one because we've had uh, Death Guard now. Of course, it's the Chaos Space Marine one. Yeah, yeah. Just, only because yeah. I want to know how to facilitate people playing Chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> moving on to important things. So we know we're getting Death Guard. Yep. We know that. That's that's excellent. A plus. I yeah. used to play Corn Demonkin, uh, and yeah. I'm part of a Corn Demonkin group. And I think one of the big questions is: Are we going to see? That, that's a Facebook group, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, not a group of Corn Demon worshippers. <laughs> 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 well, got to check these things, <laughs> and you never know. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just one of those social groups in Bristol, you know. Yeah, red body paint running through the streets <laughs> with axes. <laughs> Oh my goodness me! Nobody needs to see that. I it would it would look more like a flipping red nose day collection of me running through the streets with red body paint on. Theory me. Right. Anyway, quick move on. So basically, I'm hoping we'll see at least a world eaters one. Yes. Um, just because I really like, I really like the the blood tithe. I really like that mechanic. I love the idea of collecting up little piles of skulls. I made a little tracker for it. And they've still got it in um, the Blades of Corn for, for Age of Sigmar. But yes. it'd be nice to see it back in 40k. But, I don't I'm, know, I'm I've actually... enjoyed Ape so much, I'm I'm confident. I I will definitely be getting the... I think it's the 27th of July the Space Marine Codex comes out. Or yes. it, it or goes on as pre-order, I'm not sure which. But I'll certainly be getting that. Just because I... You just got to own the Space Marine. Well, I got a Space Marine army. That's one reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'd like that. to see how, how they're going to split these up because um, they've they've talked about subgroups within the Codex and rule subgroups. So um, in, in Chaos, they've talked about the legions, mm. uh, which is interesting because they haven't talked about the gods. They've talked about the legions, which is um, means that you're probably going to get some special rules for things like Iron Warriors and uh, you know the the kind of undivided legions. Uh, so I do think you're going to see a, a Thousand Suns uh, World Eaters, and hopefully, because they are massively underdone. 
um, Empress children. I hate the Empress children. They just need to be face pounded until they're pancakes. But they don't get enough love when it comes to models and rules. Um, the Empress children I... will never get enough love. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> they will but, never feel that they have had enough love. They're an army I love to hate. Um, I really do. And I think it, it, things like the Noise Marines, for me, were a pivotal part of early Chaos Space Marines. Um, there's Chaos Space Marines with the big electric guitars, and then they moved on to the Sonic things, and um, they they just seem to have been left at the side a little bit. Mm. And uh, I'd, I'd quite like to see that. Because we, we know that they're going to do Zinch and hopefully Corn with some new Corn Berserkers, because those models could really do with a bit of attention, if we're being honest. Um, but Slanesh, they're the ones who need it, big time. In my humble opinion. See, I'm excited by the idea of like an Iron Warriors Codex, because it'd be really nice to see them explore what does demonic look like when it's not, you know, one of the one of the obvious ones. So Masters of Siege Warfare. So demonic siege mm. engines, demonic cannons. There's some really exciting stuff there. And uh, they don't accept demonic mutation they will no, they will cut no. their limbs off rather than become mutated yeah um so but i'm sure they, that they bind demons into they do yeah they they bind so. them into other things so they're a completely different feel they're chaos without the mutation chaos without the wibbly bits yes <laughs> chaos, without, chaos without the tentacles coming out your toes absolutely or armpits so <laughs> dreadnoughts i want to talk about dreadnoughts because that yes. big dreadnought is freaking amazing and it's so funny when we we first saw it at warhammer fest and the first picture it had a big plasma cannon yes and um the next day we we didn't go to warhammer fest did we we went up to warhammer world um but a picture popped up and they'd actually got it out and it had the rotary cannon on it well i I just it will obviously come as a massive surprise to people i got incredibly <laughs> excited i just nearly flipped out i think we were sat in bugman's and it's just like oh my goodness there's a freaking rotary cannon and it's so cool so yeah i'm very excited by that model um it's yeah. it represents a, ver- a real threat to the continuation of my chaotic fascination because <laughs> I won't chaosify it, but I I want to get I I need one, and my friend Tom is threatening to buy three, and I'm like, no, you can't buy three because then I'll have to have at least one, and it'll need to be ultra brains, and you can't just have a dreadnought, can you? That would be ridiculous. So then you have to have an army, and you can't just have an army; you need a crusade force. <laughs> to liberate Conor or whatever it's called. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what deep... to say. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, it's so good. It's well, so yeah, good. I, I like it. I really do. It's so, it um, looks so poseable as well, like the legs. So yeah. I'm, I can have it like stand it like, mo- like advancing up onto stuff. And... I oh, hope that it is goodness. as poseable as it looks. Yeah. Well, it's plastic. It will be. Um, yeah, but not everyone likes it. Not everyone of... has any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I... Not everyone likes it. I mean, I've heard Orkanaut being thrown around by one person in particular who uh, who knows who he is. Um, 
you know, you know, we are supposedly in a drop pod. Let's redirect it towards that person's house because <laughs> yeah. that is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, um, I think it's going to be a model for me uh, that's really going to come into its own when you've got the kit in your hand. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Because the thing is, right? So it you ha- you can't get the kind of gravitas of the miniature in a picture. No, it's so, freaking so massive we first, as well. Yeah, I know. So when we it's first saw it, it was like it was like in a picture uh, with no points of reference, and then gradually we've seen points of reference. We're like, oh my bloody days! It is huge, um, yeah. but that's nothing compared to when it's on the table. And finally, I mean, for crying out loud, we're talking about you know this guy has died, fight or not died, nearly died fighting the enemies of the emperor. So he's a badass anyway. He's holding on to life, and then they've been like, right. Let's pop you in here. Dreadnoughts are flipping amazing. Smashing through walls, blowing people <laughs> up. You know, oh my goodness. I, I'm telling you now, Chaos Space Marines. You know they have like Space Marine armor in the backpack. It has like the waste thing, doesn't it? So it deals with all the waste. Yeah. It wouldn't, it just wouldn't cut it if one of them come through a wall, <laughs> would it? That would be it. That would be it. It would be coming out of the seams of the armor, mate, because that is flipping insane. And I just love the idea. Of it. it, yeah, it's a dreadnought that actually will operate like a dreadnought. And we started to see some of its rules. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And another good, in a great go away from the redemptor just a moment before Dan has a um, aneurysm. <laughs> calm down. I can't calm down. I get a drink. It's uh, it's the contemptor has um, it's now been sort of confirmed as a 40k thing a real sort of firmly established 40k thing not just a 30k thing um, perhaps to sell more models if you're being a little bit you know um it's always cynical. to sell more models um but uh, <laughs> i don't equally, understand why that's a bad thing let's not go not, down not... this route because i'm gonna flip out <laughs> it was not a bad thing but um it's more important that actually because me for me the contemptor is the best it just looks awesome um, and it's so poseable and so human. Um, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, it, yeah, very, it is. It is lovely. Um, very happy to see that. The Leviathan's very nice, mind. Yes, yes. Oh, they're all very nice. So there's lots to look forward to for forty k. That so. What the, about? Uh, hang on, Siege of Conor. Uh, How are yeah, you pronouncing this? Conor. Sounds Conor. about right. That's yeah. how I've been saying it in my head. Why do they have to pick one with a difficult to pronounce name? Yeah, but I've always had trouble pronouncing some of these words. Well, yes. Same here, but that's more to do with my uh, accent. (laughs) (laughs) So, mm, worldwide campaign. I don't think we've seen a worldwide campaign for quite a while, have we? Oh, no, No, well, there was one. There was the Age of Sigma one last year. Sorry, there was was the Realm of Life one. Um, But for 40k, certainly we haven't. Well, it's because they were overdone. They were mm. really, really overdone. I mean, the, there was the such success with the end times, with Archeon and um, that uh, that blacksmith dude who became Bolton. That's the that's the badger. Yeah, uh, that was a really, really popular one. And then they just started to do them every year, and people got bored. Um, I mean, the Siege of Medusa was just garbage. It just wasn't good at all. No, interesting though. Wasn't that when Vostroyans came out? They were nice models. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't supported. It just, um, I don't know, just no one wanted to play it. 
Mm. It didn't generate that uh, that excitement um, that the end times wanted. And hopefully this one will, because uh, I'm quite excited to get stuck in, and I'm going to be logging my games. And uh, I'll be because... logging. I'll be logging the ones that I win. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I'll be, no, I'll be opponent, looking forward to logging logging my games as well. Your opponent should be logging the other ones, the ones that you lose. But, so anyone who's listening, not to if this, I break their down. fingers, because <laughs> uh, Kona cannot fall; it must stand. It has to stand because uh, when Nurgle takes a planet, it just turns into the bog of eternal stone. Oh, I don't know. Happen. I'm so torn. I'm an ultra marine, but chaos. Oh. We need to send you off for reprogramming is what we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just sit you on top of the rhino it's tank. It's okay, the Redemptor Dreadnought kit will come out and that'll be it. I'll be, <laughs> I'll, Good. Be I'll be back. So I think we ought to shuffle over to the mortal realms now, Dan. Into the mortal realms. I see a realm gate on the horizon, sir. Let's make for it. Yep, definitely. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, To the galaxy of war. Um, we are going to get something to drink. I'm going to lower my heart rate a little bit. Just try and calm down uh, <laughs> ever so slightly. So thanks very much. Join us soon. So welcome back, guys. We're taking a stride into the mortal realms um, to talk about some Age of Sigma, which is... Um, probably the thing that I've been uh, focusing on the most the last couple of weeks. So I thought I'd start with a quote, Dan, because um, one of my friends, Alexander, this is this is for you, buddy, um, is really not got the Age of Sigma bug. Um, and he's described Age of Sigma as a pure fantasy sandbox uh, where you can make up anything if it tickles your fancy. Um, and here's this quote for it. I'm a precious unicorn snow fairy, um, and my army of Glitterskaven are allied with elf dwarves who fly on clouds of pure friendship, which I thought <laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> um, if it sells miniatures. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, can, I can totally see his point. And um, he's trying to convince me to create an army of Glitter Goblin. Um, but if anyone out there really fancies doing an army of Glitterskaven, I think... Um, the window of opportunity is now because <laughs> Glitterscaven could be frankly hilarious. Um. <laughs> well, there's there's a um, role play now for My Little Pony, isn't there? So, oh no, that is not true. Yeah, there, it is true. It's made by River Horse Games. There's a role playing now. How do you know this? If you do play this, is this your <laughs> secret other? <laughs> Should we move that into into the worlds? Let's go into into the worlds, Dan. How 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 is your gaming group going with the My Little Pony roleplay? <laughs> well, it's it's difficult to track down some of the rarer miniatures uh, for you. <laughs> um, and also, last week we had a bit of a disaster where one of us got the uh, the tail hair tangled. Um, but other than that, very well. <laughs> if I, if I join this group, can I be slept near? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. you've got to take right. it sensibly. Oh, really? How can you possibly take my <laughs> little pony role-playing game anything other than ridiculously? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone um, out there um, who plays it. So there we go, Alexander. You've successfully had us talk about <laughs> My Little Pony and Glitterscaven. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
So And and no, I'm still not painting glitter goblins. It's no, not happening. No, please. Moving back into so, yeah. the mortal realms. <laughs> yeah, moving back into the mortal realms. Let's talk about goblins because Dan, this is driving me mad. So if you go on the Games Workshop website, there are so many different names for these sub armies that they seem to have created for the old Warhammer races. Um, orcs and goblins used to be one codex or army book, and now there is green skins, iron jaws, Gitmob grots, moon clan grots, spider fang grots, trogoths. God, I mean, there's so many different ones, and it seems like they're going to release army books for all of them. Or is I mean, is that because at the moment, how the hell are you supposed to create a, a coherent um, goblin or, or orc army without buying? Four or five uh, battle tomes. So, Seems so ridiculous. Do you own Grand Alliance Destruction? Not yet, no. But having got Grand Alliance Order, mm-hmm. it, it I don't see how that's going to help. So, Other than to just create a big mishmash army using those yeah, lists. So, so that was the start of getting what people had before. So they had everything at their fingertips. But really... the the key things you need is the General's Handbook and the Warhammer Age of Sigma app where all of the War Scrolls are available um, for free. Because yep. what you get is a Destruction Alliance, which covers everything um, within yep. the, the sort of the Orcs side of things. Um, and that Alliance will have Destruction Alliance abilities, Destruction Alliance um upgrades or magical items whatever you want to call them now when general's handbook 2 comes out the what they've said is that is going to become a much bigger section so there's going to be more abilities um more stuff akin to the the most recent battle tomes that have been coming out Uh, so you'll get a load of stuff in there so that that allows you to build a list of anything green skin that you want like you've you've just said so you don't have to have a battle. You don't have to have every battle tome because up to now the battle scrolls have existed for free, um, and there seems to be no sign that that's going to go away at the moment. Uh, what you would need is the general's handbook, which will give you the grand alliance abilities, and then all those war scrolls. It's only when you want to make uh, a more specific allegiance. So, for example, iron jaws. The specific iron jaws allegiance abilities would be in the battle tome. But you can't use those abilities in a generalised destruction. Everything would have to have the Iron Jaws keyword for it to be an Iron Jaws allegiance. Mm. Okay. I... So you don't you don't need you don't need all the battle teams. Not if you want to do one big collection of lots of different things. Yeah. It gives you a lot of freedom. It does. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're a collector. Um, and you've got all of these things. I, I've got a fair few goblins and a fair few orcs. Um, you kind of want to have those army books to battle tomes to to find out what their background is because wh- wh- I'm in a new place now. The mortal realms are a pure fantasy sandbox um, where anything uh, gets made up if it tickles your fancy. Um, so, so actually, those those battle terms are what gives you the concrete background. Yeah, but now you're like, now you're talking the... about something different. So, what I'm initially we were talking about: what do you need to play the game? 
Yes, true. Yeah, I have moved. And now across, you're talking but, uh... about what 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 you need to look at the background. So, yeah, I completely agree. I, and to be honest, I was collecting all of the literature for Age of Sigma until it got a little bit crazy with the battle tomes because you you just got to the point you just can't afford. I think the the Archeon one, which was thirty five pounds, and then the Bone Splitters one was twenty five pounds, and they're lovely. <laughs> but it just got I mean obviously because Age of Sigma was so fresh they needed to fill up uh, a big gap very quickly so you saw stuff just come pouring mm. out uh, and I couldn't keep up with it in the end but they were talking about cheaper codexes for 40k yeah. gamers um, codexes as such I think gamers codexes yeah um, which cheaper codexes for me is 15 quid yeah not not 25 quid not 35 quid no. 15 quid 15 quid Hopefully hardback, but not necessarily. But I mean, you're right. You can't you can't keep that many battle tomes, really. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And um... well, you have to just make a decision, don't you? What what you want? Uh, it'd be interesting to see whether because one thing that's really cool about Age of Sigma, obviously, is that all of the war scrolls are free. Yeah. Um, and it's only when you want to sort of build a bit more detail in that you have to start paying for any rules. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that not that I wanna turn the Mortal Realm section all about forty K, but be interesting if we see something similar. Yeah, no, it, it, it will, I suppose. But I don't understand for me why they why have this broken down the orcs into so many subgroups. That's that's the thing that confuses me, and it's the same with the elves, really. There's there's so many subgroups. But then now, it goes to um, go to go back to Alexander's point. It, it just, I think it opens up the opportunity to do a lot more different, different things and excite people that yeah. like, you know, green skins on a more regular basis. So when it was just orcs, they would come around every four or five years. But now you've got like you, you'll have bone splitters and you'll have your forest goblins and you've got your iron jaws. I just love the the variety that's added in by having all of those different factions. Yeah, but and perhaps, uh, to be honest, I, I'm kind of hoping they don't do that with the elves. I know this is sound, it might sound ridiculous, but I don't want five or six different books for elves. I don't want five or six different books for greenskins. Um, I, I, I want one. <laughs> that maybe, I think maybe maybe I've got a different perspective on it. Um, but uh, but what what why know, created... why wouldn't you want the variety? <clears throat> Because it seems to me, let's take the Elven one for example. It seems to me that they've taken every specialist group, so the the White Lions, the Phoenix Guard, etc., etc., and just given them their own kind of name and put them in a separate place on the on the website, which implies, maybe isn't definite, but it implies that they're going to have a book for each of those different groups, and that turns one High Elf Codex in or say three elf codexes, the wood elf, high elf, dark elf, into potentially 20, 30 codexes, or army books, battle tomes. Um, and I think that just could get a bit much. Mm. I I think that could get a bit well, much. Well, that's probably because um, you, you uh, just need to buy a bigger shed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But Because um, I like the background. I want to know where things come mm-hmm. from. And um, when I'm when I'm making an elf army, 
when someone sits down and made a high elf army, and they said, "Oh, I want I want my high elves to be white lines with trace. I want it to be a tracing army, and my my uh, my high elf spearmen are going to be the militia from trace, and my white lines are going to be there, and we're going to have white line chariots." That's because you read the background about white lines I in the elf I don't book. think. I do. I understand what you you're saying about having it getting a bit much, but it's not. It's not massively different to how it was, but now there'll be more support for it. So the example you've just given, you know, people would make an army of white lions or an army based on the sword masters or an army from Lotharan, yeah. like which is what I had. But how do they find out that they like them? Well, because you because in the in the elf book, all the background yeah, is but there. You you know be, in between the, in the between the internet and the core rule books. Uh, all right, there's not a great deal on elves at the moment, but I'm sure there will moving forward. There'll always be a central point with some little information about it, and then you decide right, I'd like to delve mm-hmm. deeper, and actually you get a lot more. Whereas instead of having like a couple of paragraphs on Lotharan, for example, you might have well, you'd have a whole book. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from. I do get it. I just think for me, I'm tentative because the thing that put me off 40k seventh edition was the endless stream of army books, and I I'm a, I was an army book collector. I've got virtually all of them for sixth edition, and I got a lot of them for fifth edition, and um, for me that was easy when it was. 15 quid a codex because especially as a staff member that's £7.50 and that's you know not that's not much at all but when they start becoming 20 25 30 quid and they're hardback books you, I just think it's I love them in hardback I, think though, it man. Can be good. I I do no I agree but at the same time if you're that you're that way inclined and you're trying to find out everything about the mortal realms then uh, you'll end up going away from those books and getting all of your information from Lexicanum or something um which isn't, you know, it, it, somebody has written that and had a, it's their take on it, or um, D four channel, whatever it is. Hmm. But I don't know. It's exciting, and it's in one half, and in the other half, it's it's frustrating, especially as you know, as gamers, as for, as Warhammer collectors, we are collectors, and there is a there is an instinct to buy the books when they come out. And I can't lie that I'm not looking at the 40k codex releases and going, I want the one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to probably just get um, the you know the Space Marine one because I know uh, I'm not going to be able to spend you know potentially 120 pounds on round one and 120 pounds on round two and 120 pounds on round three without having some form of castration and a divorce. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's the same with it's the same with the army books but um, yeah I'm fine I suppose coming into it having not been in it having not walked the journey with Age of Sigmar coming into to goblins uh, or to to, to greenskins let's call them greenskins because that's probably more all encompassing and getting my collection out I'm a little bit it's been a little bit difficult to find a, a way of doing that um, and understanding what it is I'm doing, um, but ambulist wise, yeah, I get it. But background wise, yeah, but I think it, so. Part of that as well is there isn't 
you're still looking at bits where they've they've shoehorned it so they've kind of gone right well people have got these models we don't want to release a new round where they can't use these models so they've come up with something but that that's those are those are hangovers from from the old world really um yeah and <clears throat> so there isn't a lot there isn't a lot out there about what night goblins are like in the mortal realms um and then there may never be you know uh yeah. that that just might never yeah. happen because they might go well actually we want to do goblins a different way or different take on them we don't know and it's it's going to be a long time before all of it comes to fruition because there's a lot to explore a lot <laughs> yeah which brings us back to uh make up anything if it tickles your fancy well yeah but, and, and i think as you know from an ip perspective and a designer's perspective you know, alexander's not wrong that that is probably one of the big drivers because the mortal realms is not constrained in any of the ways that the old world potentially was no and it gives i suppose looking at it half the problem i'm having is i've, I've picked up those goblins and i'm painting them and thinking about them in in the same way as i thought about the one i was trying to sell people skull parts mm. and i'm not thinking about them other than I put them on round bases in a, this is for Age of Sigma. This is for the mortal realms. They're going to go into the realm of beasts or what have you, um, and they're going to live in the forests and they're going to be beast hunters or, or whatever. You know, th- th- I'm not thinking like that yet. I guess, and um, it makes it really difficult to, and I think shoehorn is the right way to describe it to shoehorn your army into the mortal realms, because it's one thing to say. Uh, I can play a game of Age of Sigmar rule set using my old army, which you can, no problem. But how does my high elf, greenskin, dwarf, empire army fit into the mortal realms? And that's, that I suppose is how, in a way, Games Workshop have encouraged you to go, right, well, sod this, start a new army, how does it work? And in doing that, you come up with those amazing armies like, um, Duncan's sort of Greek-esque oh, yeah, really um, nice spearmen, you know, which are just completely outside the box, and no one would have ever done that um, in uh, in the Warhammer world because they didn't exist. You know that that concept didn't exist, that style of of a human didn't exist, and uh, and now they do. Now they can, and uh, I suppose that's a good thing. But um, when you're trying to paint up all your old models and fit them into <laughs> Age of Sigma Army, it, there's a teething issue. <laughs> yeah, if you see what yeah, I mean. I do, um, especially especially for someone like me who uh, who uh, found the whole process difficult to begin with. Kind of brings back all of those. Yeah, but I want the goblins to be attacking the dwarves in their holds, perhaps. <laughs> But there we the go. goblins yeah. can still attack I the think... dwarves in their holds. They might just uh, meet an awful lot of fire. And um, have to look to the My skies. My goblins are attack. Yeah. Oh, can we, what'd you do? Going to fire the uh, fanatics at the at the flying dwarf ships. <laughs> I'm sure they'd work it out. They'd probably and launch them off a squig or something. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's good to see squigs have still been kept in, but um, 
um, of fanatics. I haven't seen them. Yeah, they're still there are still rules for the fanatics. But it's, it's like I've chosen orcs and goblins because I couldn't bring myself to paint chaos yet, and I need, <laughs> and I've actually had a little bit of a meltdown spending three weeks painting one squad of space wolves. If I painted my elves, which I'd know I'd spend as much time trying to get right, I think uh, I wouldn't get an Age of Sigmar army for too long. <laughs> which is why I've, which is why I've gone for for my green skins. And space. you played some Age of Sigmar recently, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah, I played my first game. Um, so it was just the starters box set. Um, playing a starters box set ba- um, battle using the models and the rules and the, and the story thing, and uh, it was great. Really enjoyed it, and just picked it straight up. And did you play as really, the really... Uh, the heroic chaos? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I played as the heroic stormcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't bring myself to uh, quite yet to go with the chaos. Your time will come. But um, yeah, I know. I know it will. I've got. I was going through um, trying to find some models for my goblins, going through my chaos box set. Um, just bits and bobs that I've picked up over the years and uh, there's a couple of models in there which I'm quite excited about painting up Harry the Hammer do you remember Harry the Hammer? yes yeah really excited about painting him yeah what the newer one or the original? no Harry the Hammer the uh, the oh was it first uh, um, an anniversary model wasn't it? I know who you mean but there was he was based on that model that was on the front cover wasn't he of the original oh yes he was Warhammer. yeah no not that one no the reader one. don't have any of the old school for um chaos so you wanted to talk about um after finishing my rant i've thrown I my know. toys i, I think you were very one. constrained it wasn't much of a rant was it but it's an understandable not frustration in, but i think in time sense. time will heal all wounds and i think that that's what it needs. It's just a time for a bit more delving. I mean, your favourite thing in fantasy, or the thing you've you've always spoken to me a lot about, is elves. And at the moment, there's yes. not been, apart from in Silver Tower, there's not been an elf model. We don't know what the elves no. look like in the Mortal Realms. And there's every chance that the first time that they bring out some elves in the Mortal Realms, you won't like them. But the great thing is, there's loads more opportunities for for more elves. Yes. So, yeah, um, and that's what I find exciting. But yes, I I would I did want to talk a bit about Path to Glory. I've just see well, that's just gone up on pre-order today. Um, so tell me about it because I don't know a great deal about it, and you seem super yeah, excited. Yeah, so about Path it. to Glory is a, another way of collecting. Really, um, it's based on an old series that was in White Dwarf uh, that was like Chaos Warbands. It started as so you sort of you rolled on some tables and you had like your leader and he had a couple of followers and then you played a game and you earned renown and then you rolled and a few more people joined you and so on and so forth. And they've done it for 40k um, in the past a little bit. And it's been floating around unofficially for a while um, or as downloads and PDFs, but they've actually, and, and actually it was mentioned it's in the first general's handbook, although it's, it's not going to be in the second because they've t- done as a separate thing. But essentially, you are your general or your leader or your hero and a warband gathers around you. And the more you fight and the more renown you get, the larger your warband becomes. 
So it's a bit like a gaming-led tale of many gamers, I suppose, in many ways. Yeah, because you could paint your units as you as you. That's right. Yeah. Them. So it's really it's exciting because alongside the start collecting box sets and the skirmish, it's another way of of leading you in to play in games and you don't need so i painted up sort of three and a half thousand points of stormcast as quick as i could because i wanted to have i wanted to play age of sigma the the, the main game but with skirmish you know so i was talking about doing death um last time i think we spoke or i've mentioned it yeah and, you were you know, I can go, right, well, I'm going to start with Skirmish, so I'm going to have a Necromancer and a bunch of Skellons. Right, well, now I want to do something a bit bigger, so I'm going to look at the Path to Glory and roll up a couple of units, so you add a couple of units, and then gradually it grows and grows and grows, and I think there's going to be a campaign in the book um, as well. So it's just taking you through that kind of... It's, it's making collecting and painting into a journey rather than a chore to get to a destination. What is it that there's always that saying, isn't there? Is is like life is about the journey and not the destination, and it's a bit like that. I think really. uh, we should put that quote up on the Games Workshop because I mean that's gold dust. <laughs> I mean that's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's almost poetic. <laughs> well, you see it on plaques, don't you? Every every time you go into one of them shops when you're on holiday, that's got all the kind of the the shabby chic stuff that your wife just wants to fill the house with and you're like no i need more toy soldiers um the word is tat 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 but some tat yes. has cool quotes on but, it but yes i have that is I, I think i've had an epiphany ben i've had a moment i've had a moment <laughs> i have realized that the, the, the new way of looking at skirmish and the path to glory it is it is about the journey Hobby is about the journey. Well, yeah, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> People are listening and going, yeah, that's not epiphany, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but in some ways it is, because, you know, when uh, this is new, this kind of way of doing things is new, and that's, that's I think that's an important thing to say, because... Well, because how often, right? Me... So think about it with your goblins. You're going to paint 52 goblins, right? So back in the old oh, world, <laughs> let's be honest, a unit of 50 goblins in uh, 8th edition Warhammer was one of, you would need several of those and multiple yeah, other yeah. units. And this is the whole thing yeah. that, you know, one of the big changes that Age of Sigmar was about was getting away from this Well, you need to, you need to have mountains of models because you, you'd be paying yeah, for... Yeah. For years before you really started playing, and playing is such a big motivator. And actually, when Age of Sigmar came out, and it was like, yeah, you can you can just use five dudes and a hero. And yes, that was true. The mechanics allowed you to, but it wasn't much fun. Not not in comparison to playing a big game. And now with skirmish and path to glory, actually, yeah, you can use a small number of models, and you can still have loads of fun. And, and yeah, they're doing I, something I mean, when... for it. It's it's fantastic, and yeah, it's it's brilliant, and it's made me want to. Thing is, I, I do want to expand my corn for Age of Sigmar. Um, oh, do you really? I mean, I can't. Well, imagine well yeah, but there's some cool mechanic. There is some cool mechanics for for corn, and and like, oh, it's your hero face. Oh my god, I'm killing you in your own hero face. 
uh, yeah, that that's, that happens. But so I want, but equally I want to explore death. I love Iron Jaw. You can just pop in, grab a start collecting, you know, paint it up, play some skirmish. But the Iron the Iron Jaw start collecting box is amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they're all amazing. Uh, did you know? Have you noticed? I nearly fell. I was lying on the bed when I got home from work, reading through my iPad, just chilling, and I nearly fell off the bloody bed because. I was reading the iron. I was looking at the new start collectings. Now the magma drop used to be sixty five pounds. Okay, so in yeah. the new start collecting, you get a magma drop and a unit of volkite berserkers who used to be thirty pounds. So that's ninety five pounds worth of product used to be in yeah. a fifty pound box, and the magma yeah. drops come down by fifteen quid. Down. Like down, like when stuff gets cheaper. Yeah, that doesn't happen very. I could. Good. I think there's a glitch. It must be a glitch. <laughs> the matrix is. Yeah, I can imagine some like the pricing guys at GW. You're just sitting there twitching, like they've stuck in a loop. <laughs> they don't understand what's happening. So, and and it's you know I'm sure it's a reaction because the slightly like limited range. You know, when you're on the internet, you only see a small amount of opinion, don't you? But the general opinion on Fire Slayers was overpointed, overpriced, and you don't see them as much. Um, yeah. And it seems to be a reaction to that, but it's just great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's true. It's great. And those starters box sets are, are good. They've always been good in Games Workshop. They've always been the kind of the the deal, the, di- the discount. But when you're getting... 100 quid's worth of models almost for 50 quid. It is it's pretty cool. I mean, the, the Iron Jaws ones, you get a 20 quid character, 30 quid unit, and a 50 quid ball rider unit. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But going back to, you know, the ways of playing, the ways of collecting, I, I remember being, when we were staff members, Dan, I mean, how did you feel about running the... The fantasy beginners. Oh, mate, it was always a bit toss, wasn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> like, I mean, you never got past the first round. Yeah, and it was always a complete catastrophe. No one was paying any attention. No. It was like herding cats with a shotgun. <laughs> it, it was just, it was appalling. But why would you as well? Um, so the, the, the problem was, you're buying into a fantasy setting which has, and you needed a yeah, massive needed army to play to it. And having ten guys, oh, it was. It was, fa- I had some great games of Warhammer Fantasy in the editions I played, and I had some really, really shit games <laughs> as well because of yeah. the restrictions. And I, and I'm there will be people that disagree. Um, and to be honest, if if they disagree, if they've got this far and they disagree with me, they've done very well because I'm quite passionate about Age of Sigmar. But I can categorically say that I enjoy Age of Sigmar a huge amount more. Huge amount more yeah. than Warhammer And I enjoyed Warhammer Fantasy, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I loved playing with my elf army um, in 8th edition, but I'd, Age of Sigmar is just a fantastic experience. And yeah, from that point of view, Ben, for getting people into the hobby, keeping the hobby alive is so much better. So much better. The, the thing I liked about it playing it the first time was the the battle flow i mean this is going to sound weird but 
And the other war game that I do is reenactment. And when you fight in a shield wall in reenactment, you, you can see the battle flow. So a unit doesn't stay as a coherent unit very easily. It takes an awful lot of training and it takes uh, a, a good leader to, to keep you in line, to tell you to close the gap, that there's a space opening up on the left. Um, you know, th those kind of small things. And you need to shout that above the din of being in um, in a you know simulated environment. When you play Warhammer Fantasy, you stuck two blocks next to each other. There was no flow. They just stood there and beat the shit out of each other until one of them yes. died. And then it ran away. And then you ran them down. And then you'd made a massive hole in the army. And you were facing completely the wrong direction. And quite often, tactically, you could go, oh, yeah, but that's how... You know, that, those tactics were really important. And yes, they were. But they didn't feel real to me. No. Whereas Age of Sigmar, I made a battle line and it flowed. It felt like if I started to lose guys in that battle line, I could plug them in with reinforcements or, you know, it felt like an actual real shield wall and how a shield wall functioned or functions, at least in reenactment, which I appreciate is a simulation. But it, it felt more tactical in a way because it felt like you could make smaller decisions as to where to reinforce your line in a, in an actual way that could make a difference rather than watching a unit break or and having no real way of stopping that. Mm. Do, do you see what I'm getting yeah. at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that mechanic. And I really... And it's interesting because, games. you know, I've spoken to people who felt... Because the manoeuvring in Warhammer Fantasy, obviously, you, you, you had to be very was a ball ache. Precise, shall we say. And But I actually find in Age of Sigmar, I don't find myself arguing over, well, anything really, uh, but like little tiny yeah. angles and all that. But I still get a lot out of positioning models and making sure you're in that range. Yeah. It, it still has yep. that tactical depth. Um, yeah. If that's what you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think well, so. you can see from what they're doing with Warhammer 40,000 now with the magazine, they're just, and we've said this in other in the other episodes, it's just so great, so, so fantastic to see the studio, Central Games Workshop, supporting recruitment of new or, or re-engagement of lapsed hobbyists. Just sort your background out for Age of Sigma, you kids. <laughs> Before I pull my hair out. <laughs> and if I don't see an elf before the end of the year, then shit is going to go down. <laughs> I would be in the car on the way to Warhammer World, <laughs> banging on the oh, no, door. I'm not joking. Oh, That's I'm joking. where the pod's going. <laughs> I'll tear that Age of Sigmar statue down and drag it through Nottingham. <laughs> right. <laughs> and on that fantastically positive note, I think it's time. It's time to move on from the mortal realms. We're almost at the destination, guys. We've almost reached uh, reached the planet surface, um, and got to get out there and start slaying us some heretics or what have you. So, we're next. We're going to move into the wilds. Um, Ben's going to talk a little bit about a game that he played at his local gaming club. So, um, as ever, grab some refreshment. Wake up! Wake up! If you're uh, falling asleep there, and uh, and we'll catch you when we come back. Thanks, guys.
Welcome back then, guys. Uh, those that are still with us, congratulations. Um, There's no prize. You've you've survived. Pardon? There's no prize for still being with There's us. No, no, there is no prize. And those that aren't with us, well, there's not really a lot of point talking to you because you're not listening. Um, moving on. So we're going into the wilds now, guys. Uh, ben has had the chance to play um, play a new game uh-huh. uh, at a local yeah. gaming club. And he wants to have a chat about that. I'm quite interested to hear because I've not heard anything about it yet. I've just seen a few pictures. Um, and then we will wrap up uh, towards the end of the session with uh, a little bit of a heads up of when we're joining you again. So, Ben, let's say about Outlander then. How did you get on with that? Yeah, so um, Outlander's written by two of the guys um, who set up the club that I'm going to locally in Bodmin, um, John Moyes and Ross Barable. And um, it was a game that they'd set up for, um, originally was played off the cuff to get someone into wargaming who'd had a pretty bad experience um getting into wargaming because he was playing someone um at war machine who just trashed him into the floor every time he played him um i mean i think we've all kind of know people who've had that sort of experience and thought sod this i don't i'm not interested if it's like this um so they wrote a set of rules or made it up as they went along um, and then refined it into a game called outlander uh which is and i'm gonna get some of this wrong so guys if i do i'm really sorry um it's set in a, a world called Paradise, which has basically gone to shit. Uh, it's got an apocalyptic feel to it. And essentially, the the point of the game is it's a bit like Necromunda in that you're building a gang of guys or girls. And uh, as you play games, they get better. And it, it's a kind of a campaign-based game uh, where you, in each game, the point is to collect this spice stuff. And uh, you, you can use that to sell or upgrade yourself all your weapons uh, and the mechanic is really easy so each person has a kind of action points that they start the turn with and if you are the turn if you have the initiative in the turn then you're the one who gets to call the shots but every time you fail an action you uh, your opponent gets a chance to sort of generate an action as a, a res- as a responding player in your turn um, so they can respond to what you're doing uh, so if you're rolling really badly and failing to do stuff, um, they can take pot shots at you. And essentially, the the more of that you do, the more chance you have of gaining the initiative in the next turn. Um, so it's quite a simple mechanic. It worked really well, I thought, actually. And um, and it was a really easy to pick up and fun game to play. And uh, So that, that sort of response mechanic, I think Infinity uses something like do they? that. I've never played Infinity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've only played it once, but it is it's quite interesting. It's different, which I think is nice. Yeah, it is. And um it can leave you it, it changes the way you play the game completely because um you could quite easily be the responding player for a couple of turns. So you, you're less likely to do risky things um because you know that uh you know you could have a guy left in the open for two turns getting the shot shot at and um Equally, in your turn, if you're doing risky manoeuvres and failing, your opponent's got a chance to, you know, do stuff. And, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And the whole point of it, really, is to have a really low entry point. So you can only ever have five people in your gang, um, and they can be any models. Um, So you can use five space marines if you wanted to. They're not, you know, they're not picky. Of course, if you're a modeller, then uh, you're going to run with the uh, apocalyptic theme and, um, and create a gang 
you know with quite a lot of modeling opportunities uh, so is the rule book is it a printed rule book or is it yeah they do they, they've got they've actually got a printed rule book that I, I bought a copy of um or you can get it as a pdf for cheaper yeah it, where do you get that from then if they got a site they have and um i'll link that on uh when we post this um at the bottom but they've they've yes. already kind of thrown that about when i've mentioned the, the game before and uh and uh yeah you know you get in contact and um and they they'll send you a PDF uh, of the rules. So how long how long did your game take? It took about an hour and a half, but it was getting used to the mechanics. Um, so yeah, sure. it didn't take me any longer to learn than anything else. And uh, and I suppose it took a little bit longer because actually it's totally different from anything that I've ever played before. So um, you know it was quite good, really nice and simple. So I was really quite impressed with it. And uh, they've they've clearly put a lot of time and thought and love into it they they had scenery that they'd made themselves specifically for it um among other things so it was it was nice and it was nice to be shown a game by people who'd written it and um when they said that they'd made it i thought that they'd kind of scribbled down some rules and created a pdf and i hadn't for one second thought that they'd uh they'd got a hard copy of the rule book printed in a really nice kind of um <laughs> it's not it's not a bad pr- publication at all um it's nice being taught a game by somebody who's written the rules so they can explain why they've made that decision to have the game mechanic like that. And uh, that was quite a nice experience in its own right. And actually, in a little way, it kind of made me think, oh, I'd quite like to write a set of my own rules. But, you know, that's probably for another day. I've always tinkered with playing and um, writing a set of uh, role-playing rules, actually. Um, but I find myself getting stuck in realism. Trouble is, though, it's been done, hasn't it? We, we've already established that there's a My Little Pony role play. Yes. So, and where do you, you know, where do you go you, after you've that? You've been Trump there. I mean, how do you go forward? I think potentially, I I have been getting quite into in the night garden. Oh, so I'm sure. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sure there's some role playing no. opportunities there. No. Come on, you can travel between the realms in the Ninky <laughs> no. Nong. It, it's it will be all the pinky pong. Or... <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you know it. You know, and to be quite honest, <laughs> any encounter with Mac and Pat is going to be fantastic. No, and the night garden is like a... <laughs> just, just, just for the listeners. I, I have to, I have to do. No. Maca, maca. Woo. You did not do <laughs> Maca Paca on our podcast. I, I did. I did. Are you going to? No, edit I, it you out? need to go and sit in the corner. <laughs> Go, go sit in the corner. <laughs> it's quite late, mind. I <laughs> go and get Josh to finish off this podcast. He's much more mature. Oh dear! I know. I know. I know. I'm holding myself back. I'm back, back, back. It's not. No. No. Come on, quick. Back to oh, war gaming. Back to. I'm war completely game. lost now. So my my non games workshop game of the week is Carcassonne. I played Carcass on this evening before we recorded with 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 Harriet, and I won. Yes, forty points up. <laughs> no dice, no dice, which you'll know from uh, the previous episodes. Uh, is a caveat of Harriet and I gaming because I get too upset with only because she beats you. Can't cope. Yeah, yes, she does. Thirty-one times. <laughs> <laughs> Tan. Yeah. Much to my I shame. still haven't managed to get uh, Joe to play um, a game. 
Yeah, but she did come and do some painting, so... Oh, well, that's good. Harriet's actually asked for me that she'd like me to do show her how to do some painting, so I need to do that. Uh, uh, this is important. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of models to paint, and I figure if I can train Tristan up and Eloin and Joe, I can create a production line and just get them all painted. That and is I a good idea. And I can focus on my space wolves. <laughs> just be careful, because you don't want the glitter, glitter models, glitter skaven. Oh, my days. That could happen with Eloin, in fairness. In fact, that yeah. probably has happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, did you see that that bejangled pink rhino that was floating around the internet today? Oh, yes, yes, I've seen that. Oh, he's bled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different. Oh, never mind. Anyway, so back, Outlander, go back back to the games was good. And what was your carcass on? You you must have heard of Carcassonne. I haven't. I haven't heard of Carcassonne. And you brought you it not? up right what? after you dropped the uh, In the Night Garden bombshell. So I was still a little bit... You I were reeling. reeling. So Carcassonne is a tiles-based game where um, you got a whole bunch of tiles that you can't... It, it ups, that are upside down. And when you turn them over on there, there's like roads or cities, bits and pieces. And you, you put them yeah. together to make longer roads and bigger cities and then score points by controlling them with your meeples. Oh, I see. Um, it's a really simple mechanic, lots of cool expansions. Harriet and I enjoy it. Um, there's no dice, which is good. Yeah, it's it's great. Although, frustratingly, expansion number two, I think, is currently, you just can't find it anywhere. Or it's like 100 quid, and it's normally like a retail price of oh. 15 it's very annoying. But... Maybe their production's broken. And there is there is an expansion which we don't have that I need to get, which is Dragon and the Princess. But I, I've had to hold off because although Harriet likes the idea of the princess, she's not so keen on the, the, the rules mechanic for the dragon where he gobbles up the meeples. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's not so popular. Yeah, talking about but, things that... Yeah, um... it's a great game. Have become super overpriced. I missed the boat with. Uh, I told you that they weren't making the APC for the uh, drop drop ship for Prodos. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people have been talking about this. Um, a company called I think it's called Cinecast or something like that. They make um, diecast models of, uh, of film stuff, um, and how that one fitted perfectly inside the drop ship. And um, I've been putting off buying it because it didn't have the thirty forty quid to splash. And uh, it's now gone up to £120 on Amazon, so I think it might have gone out of, oh, out of production goodness. and I am just shooting myself about that. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so if anyone finds one of those on eBay for like 30 quid, I'd be happy to, <laughs> to, to drop me a link. Because, or um, if anyone's really you know keen, find a version of an APC that will fit in a Protoss dropship and let me know about it. Because... I need one <laughs> in my <laughs> life. <laughs> right. Well, that was an interesting visit to the wilds. Um, as Ben said, he'll stick up a link, guys. So if you are interested in trying something different, it's you know a, quite a low buy-in. Um, have a look. I, I'm going to check it out. See see what it is that uh, Ben's been enjoying. Uh, play play a bit of Outlander. So Ben, I think the drop pod has almost arrived, mate. I can practically see the whites of their eyes, as it were. So um, it's been great to chat to you, mate. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I really was going to say at the start, but just want to reiterate, Ben and I have been blown away 
um, we we decided to do this just because we didn't get to chat very often and we wanted to chat yeah, a bit more. That's essentially what um, it was. And yeah, and that that was it. We cover it in the intro, but that's what it was about. To see that the the page likes is up to I think it's about eighty seven now, and that there's been a hundred and fourteen downloads, which is quite a few mental people uh, that want to listen to us or, or decided to give it a try anyway. Um, <laughs> probably probably find there's about three that come back for more, <laughs> but it, it's been <laughs> it has been really fantastic, really really good. So. Keep posting, please. Keep letting people know. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we will... The next one's a bit special. Ben and I are hoping to get together for the next one because uh, you may not know, we record in two different areas and put it together. So we're hoping to get together two weeks' time, do another one, um, chat about some more crazy stuff, probably less in the Night Gardens oh, impressions uh, on this one. no more. <laughs> But maybe a little bit more about my little pony roleplay. <laughs> I'm actually going to dig that out now. Thank you very I'm much. Gonna go, I'm going to go. Yeah. You're going to pick it I'm up. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It, it's it's the LARP version you no, want to really get into. No, on that bombshell. <laughs> right. Come on, on that bombshell. Good night, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs>